2: Do I
0: want to have a 40-minute conversation about a chambered nautilus and all of its body parts? Probably not. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Hey, what emoji describes your day best? With Margaret Abel's and Amy Wilson. People jumping in my face and asking me questions is my kryptonite. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. You don't even know. No, I'd I
1: love to know. Well, I'm, I'm never going to tell you. Hello, everybody. And welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is Margaret. This is Amy, and this week we're talking to you
0: about getting your kids to talk to you. Getting kids to talk to you if you must. Right. And you must. You really, you must. You're really supposed to talk to them. That's what I hear. Can I
1: start with a quote on that? Sure. So there's a uh, an author named Jennifer Colari, and she wrote a book called Connected Parenting, How to Raise a Great Kid. Aww. And she says that it's our job as parents to to help our kids sort through and process the things that happen to them during the day, because they don't have the higher order thinking to do it on their own yet, um, which okay. is sort of obvious. But then I was like, because, because, because I was sort of thinking, like, getting them to talk to you if you must. They really don't want to tell us how school was today. So why are we working so hard to find out?
0: Right. You make a good like, point. Like maybe we should we... just all leave each other alone right. and get through the day in peace. Right. Doesn't that seem like a better option? She's saying it is but our she's job. She's saying no. We actually have to do it.
1: So, you know, let's figure out how, do you, you know, do you know Alice Bradley? I do. She, In real
0: life and on the internet.
1: Yes, exactly. She, and she just started a new sort of parenting thing at Lifehacker called Lifehacker Offspring, which is really, really good and always worth reading. And she wrote uh, an article called Stop Asking Your Kid About Their Day. And she, this is what she had to say. She said, they're tired. School is draining. They've just been through the academic and social ringer. School has taken its toll. Now they're out of school. What's the last thing they want to talk about? School. School is the thing that is over. And now you are demanding a recap.
0: No. <laughs> I agree with that. And I feel like this is a person so much, like people jumping in my face and asking me questions is my kryptonite. Like that is one of my least favorite feelings. And I... I find speaking to other humans fairly difficult a lot of the time. And I definitely don't, I'm very sympathetic. I have one kid who really is like, please stop talking to me. It's his kryptonite. And I try to respect it. So let's assume that that's exactly how our children feel when they come in and, and and
1: every day I say to my kids, say, how was school? Which I'm realizing now having looked into this is, is the one thing not to ask them.
0: Well, I just think in general, it's probably a good idea to be open for conversation rather than insisting on initiating conversation. This morning, we uh, had kind of a snowy day here in New York, and I woke up early and my kids came downstairs and my son came into my bedroom, which he doesn't usually do anymore. This is my seven-year-old but it was cold in the house. It's been really warm and then suddenly got cold. So the heat wasn't really on correctly. And so he was cold and he jumped into bed with me and we talked about dinosaurs for a half an hour and it was awesome. (laughs) We decided, we had a long debate about whether there was a dinosaur called the Inkylosaurus. And I kept trying to explain to him that it was an ankylosaurus, but he would not believe me. And so I got my phone out and he, he was just asking me hilarious. I have a, he's just a funny kid. He's really into sea life and dinosaurs right now. And so I just sat with him and answered using my phone to help me questions such as does the chambered nautilus bite? That was one (laughs) of the questions. Does it? It does not. It has tentacles that grab food into its mouth, but from as much as we could tell, it does not bite. And then the other question was Does the cuttlefish have an ink sac? Yes. No. Cuttlefishes don't. It doesn't see them. Don't they have ink, though? They're mollusks, but they do not have an ink sac like other <laughs> mollusks. But thank you for asking, Amy. Episode 44 <laughs> Do cuttlefish have ink sacs? The world of mollusks, <laughs> brought to you by the what Fresh Shell podcast.
1: Um, that is an amazing, and you're right. That's when the phone is an amazing thing that you can, I don't know. Do
0: chambered- Let's sit together and find out. What, what is it, chamber- a chambered nautilus? Chambered nautilus. Is that, nautilus. Is, that, is that like a like hermit crab? A chambered nautilus, Amy, thank you for asking, is also, <laughs> also from the mollusk family. Yeah, okay. It's like a shelled creature. We discussed for a long time that it was disappointing that the chambered nautilus' tentacles weren't thicker because it would look a lot cooler if it had thicker tentacles. Good point. Tentacles? Is that a word? tentacles all the you know how a word suddenly sounds really weird coming out of your mouth I'm like could there possibly be a word tentacle but there is. <laughs> there is and so this is what I'm telling you talk about talk the talk that arrives to you don't don't interview and the thing we really need to talk about is how school's going and tell me I, I get into a habit tell me three things that happened at school today which I don't think is terrible but you don't want to jump in your kid's faces and be like, "Oh my God, tell me everything. How's it going?" Da, 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 da. That, that's annoying, right? But when they want to talk about the chambered nautilus, you got to be down for that convo.
1: You got to be, you got to be ready. It seems to me that there's sort of two, like for the, for younger kids, it's getting getting them to talk to you not about chambered nautilus because that's a good start, but it's better than nothing. And older kids, it's getting them to talk to you at all about anything ever, that, right? Because at least at least a seven year old is still, "Hey, mom." Hey mom, my best friend, the
0: person I admire more than any other. Yeah, yeah. Want to do a deep dive? With I me? have to say, my seven year old was making a list of his best friends. and dad and I made the list. Oh I was my like, gosh! I'm still in? I'm still in.
1: A list of his best friends what for posterity. What was it? Why, why? Why a
0: list? I don't know. Something came up at school, and I, I said to my older one, because um, I try, I try to ask my older one really specific questions. Like, oh, hey, who'd you play with at recess today? Because if I say how was school, fine. What were the best parts? Lunch of recess. So I've tried to kind of craft my questions a little bit into, oh hey, who are you playing with at recess today? That seems like a question that usually gets an answer and gives me a little glimpse. Um, and so somehow we were talking about friends and who's friends and best friends and Dad and I both made the list. That's really oh, good. Yeah. Oh so yeah. So it's
1: so I guess I'm going to say when you're still on the best friend list, it's sort of one set of issues, and uh, and then it's a whole other set of issues once. When you're Once you're off. the last person, when you're they're frozen tell out. Anything, yeah. but yeah. let's start. Frozen let's out. start with the uh, with the mollusk lovers.
0: Oh, mollusks! I could talk Moll about lovers. them all day, and I do.
1: So, so the some people say that these uh, questions. You know, you can find many lists of questions on the internet, and oh, I yeah. did, and I'll put and some of them up on the show you page. Did. And some of them are useful, like who did you sit with at lunch today? They have to be open-ended questions, right? Everybody yeah. starts there. That if you ask a close-ended Question, you'll get a closed ended answer. So you have to ask sort of creative questions. Um, And but sometimes they're really silly, too. Like there's so I I found an American girl list of conversation starters. (laughs) (laughs) And you're you're deep. You're on the dark web at this point. You're deep in. And they're not about American Girl dolls, which, believe me, would
0: be the... So what are they? If a you deep were dive an American Girl doll, who would you be?
1: No, no, no. No, the American Girl website, they actually do. We, they, we've they, we recommended their books and things before. They do a really good job about uh, helping moms and their daughters relate and talk about bullies and talk about... Boys and changing bodies and whatever. So these are conversation starters, and some of them are. What did you talk about at lunch? But then they suggested one that was, "What emoji would you use to describe your day?" And I, you cannot ask your kid that with a straight face.
0: No, they'll never that speak to you again. Sound good to me. I mean, I'm going to give my usual Debbie Downer advice, advice, which is just remember that our parents did not. Google lists of things to talk to us about. (laughs) Let's just take a little historical perspective here and be like one thing my grandmother, I thought that never literally ever entered her mind was what would be some good conversation starters with my 12 year old. That's right. So this whole topic, although I'm glad we're discussing it, and I think it's useful. Let's have a little perspective. Right. She wasn't she wasn't thinking, "Boy, if she was really not googling job. american girl.com, what can I talk to my 9-year-old about?" The
1: higher order thinking, I need to help my my child no. impose upon her day in fourth grade. No, she
0: wasn't thinking about that. My mom right. wasn't thinking about that either. No. My mom no, was like I do the car. Think,
1: did your mom ask you how your day was every she day? Did. I she guess did. She did. I mean, too. My, and
0: my mom was a great resource and source for me, but I do think there's a little preciousness in some of this stuff that I think we should at least acknowledge. Absolutely,
1: you know, and that and that, and that is you and me and our common Irish Catholic uh, backgrounds coming to the fore. I feel like I went into adulthood not really knowing how to do sort of cocktail party banter very well. Yes. Like, so tell me about yourself because I was just raised in a you know child factory in was Whistler- right. <laughs> If you've got a point you'd like to make, then. Shout it out loud
0: because someone else is going to start talking. My dad makes the joke all the time that he grew up in a big Irish Catholic family and that his father would say all the time at the dinner table, there are eight of you and five of you are talking. Someone does not have a listener. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, that's how it is. Like everyone's just talking all the time.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, when I, when I met my husband and we were, we were still dating, he would be sort of like, you're not, you don't really ask me ever how my day was and how work was. (laughs) And I was like, well, if you want to tell me, you'd tell me, right? And he was sort of had a, you know, gently introduced to me that the, the way to be a grown up in the world is to maybe talk to people
0: how their day was. Although maybe now we're people saying people shouldn't how, be coming to, to us it. for advice on this topic. Yeah. Have you thought about
1: that? Yeah. So, Cause I'm the kind of person who does have to say, um, what emoji would you use to describe your day? So yeah. I have a funny story about this. So I was, I was reading these, reading up on these different sort of conversation starters by age. And just the other night I was at the, di- I was at the dinner table with my kids and I said, so, uh. So Seamus, was today a good day or a bad day? And he stopped and he looked at me and said, Mom, is that a new parenting thing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I said, yeah, it is, it is. How's it going? And he's like, that's a dumb question. Don't ask me that. And I did I'm some like, Googling
0: okay. today. <laughs> Hello, son. Yeah, and so
1: and so then I sort of said, okay, well, since, since I've shown my hand here, yes, it is a new parenting thing, and we're going to talk about how to get your kids to talk to you. What's a good way to get your kids to talk to you? And they just were... They couldn't have been less interested in that as a topic, right? Like they were just sort of like, I don't know, I, I, just ask me questions or don't. They they don't, right? They don't wish we knew more about them. That's the problem, right? Like they are really fine not telling us how school was. And as yes. they get older, um, you don't, you know, when they're younger, you still are, are are apprised of things. You're walking them into the school, or you know, I don't know. You're just you're just in it. And of course, once once they get into junior high, the sort of Curtain comes down, and you stop hearing about stuff
0: until you hear it from other parents. Right. I I think it's right. I think the dilemma is that they don't want to talk to you, and yet they long to be understood. That seems to be the dilemma.
1: That's exactly it. I had a talk with uh, my 13-year-old two weeks ago about a, a kid that my child used to be good friends with and mentioned that kid. Tears come to my child's eyes you don't even know mom and i said no i i don't know but i'd love for you to tell me and then that was of course the worst thing i could have said for some reason and you know got the door slam and the and the tears so now i know that there's been some sort of rift between this child and a very long time friend but i don't know what this you and you never did get to the bottom of it no and and my and my asking was like the source of incredible annoyance. And you know what? It could have just been, here's the thing you have to be careful of with this stuff too. You can't, it could have just been a Tuesday. You know what right. I mean? It doesn't have it's to land be. landmines. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a cold war. It could, it's a landmine, but I mean, it can be a, a brief landmine and, and you don't want to sort of, like Jennifer Kalari, the the Connected Child book I was just talking about, she said you have to, you have to be careful not to overreact because kids shut down if our reactions are too much. And I don't think I overreacted. But even in my, OG, oh, I, I wish you would tell me, he just was like, all right, now
0: I'm never going to tell you, jerk. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I it, think maybe we should just move out of our homes and yeah. live together somewhere far from everyone.
1: Even though, as you said, he really would like me to know, he could really use some advice in this moment to sort of put it in perspective. But
0: um, my asking about it is annoying. Yeah. So here's one solution that I think is good. Uh, I feel like most of the things that I figured out and learned and got perspective on was never my mom sitting me down and being like, tell me everything, what's going on, and we'll solve it together. Because I would have been repulsed by that. But I feel like family meals you pick up a lot of this stuff and you give a lot of this stuff almost by osmosis, which seems to be the ideal transfer of this kind of information. So my parents talked about the news of the day. They talked about, they never gossiped about people ever, but they kind of talked about the world in a way in which I gleaned a lot of their values from those conversations. And there was an opportunity to talk about our world in which values were kind of discussed almost secondhand. Like nobody at the dinner table would say I had a bad falling out with my friend or something bad or embarrassing happened and I want want your perspective on it. Those kind of conversations did not happen in my house. But because we all sat down together at the table a lot, there was a lot of opportunity to kind of all be checking in with each other.
1: So yeah, the the talking has to be if it can't be about what they really need to talk about, then talk about the next. If that's what if that's what it has to right. be just to keep the
0: channel open at all. The channel was sort of open. And long car rides and family trips and spending time together creates an environment in which you start you start to suss out like someone's having a big problem. You know, someone's down about something over the course of several days like there's something going wrong it fosters that opportunity to constantly have those conversations
1: yeah i get that the other night at dinner we got talking about Zeno's paradox and that got my my older kids so
0: lit up you know what, what Zeno's is Zeno's paradox, paradox is? i'm too busy with the chambered nautilus yeah I know Zeno's this is paradox. gonna be
1: this is chock full of Interesting conversation starters, this, this episode. So Zeno's Paradox, he was some ancient Greek who figured out, he, he told the story of a donkey that had to travel a certain distance. And the donkey first had to travel half of the distance and then half of the remaining distance, and then half of the remaining distance, right? Which is how anybody gets anywhere, except... Except this, for you never get there. Except the donkey will never get there, right? Because it's always traveling half of the distance, that's I'm way left. ahead of you, Zeno. Yeah, and so so my, my oldest child knew about this. My middle child didn't know about this, and just... It, it was mind Like, yeah, like, Thunderbolt entered the conversation, and then we just had to talk about, like, crazy weird math stuff. And yeah, it was... It was one of those nights where it was sort of oh it's getting late and this one should really be in the shower but I'm just going to let this play math cool conversation play out because it's like a, a unicorn um, yeah and and yeah and and I didn't I thought when I brought it up I guess I did think when I brought it up okay this kid's going to think this is pretty cool because he likes sort of mind blowing things so I have to have them at the ready I guess I need more of them but. But yeah, it just felt great in that moment, like like, oh my kids, all my kids are really actively engaged with me right now in this conversation about this cool thing, and it does. Yeah,
0: and I would be wary of being like next, Occam's razor. Like I would be wary of thinking that that you caught lightning in a bottle. Like I think the minute your kids perceive that you're like I have index cards full of interesting topics, like they're gonna run from it, like. I wouldn't even lean into it. I would just be like, oh, that was fun. But that's the opportunity that's created by family dinner. Yes. Right. So
1: have the family dinner, right? And then and then talk about what they want to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Although we have used table topics. You know what table topics are? No. We have them and I give them as gifts sometimes. It's, it's you know, it's like a little cube with cards inside it. And um, they make them for couples and kids and whatever. And they sort of say, if you could go anywhere on vacation... Uh, where would you go or when you look back on sixth grade what is one thing you remember that kind of thing and my kids would probably roll their eyes about using them now but when we were a little bit they were a little bit younger they really enjoyed those they looked forward to yeah that
0: seems fun we used to there used to be a game it was a board game called scruples and I remember playing it with our family like and it was those kind of questions like If you, blah, 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 if you found out some things, you know, would you tell? I don't know. They were like kind of dilemma-y questions. There was a game,
1: I'm going to get really 70s on you now. Oh, I love the '70s. Uh, the Take un- it way back. The ungame. There was a game. Oh called yeah. The ungame. Do you remember what was
0: that? it? I definitely remember the name of it.
1: It was like I remember the I remember the box, and it was started by like it was started at least the lore was on the box. It was started by a housewife because it was a '70s. It said this on the course. box, who had lost her voice and was unable to communicate for a certain. She couldn't talk for a month. I forget why, and so she wrote down things on. Cards and would give them to her family, and they would be like, What is your greatest regret, or whatever, so that they would talk to her. And then it was an ungame because there were no uh, Right, nobody rules, won or lost. Or That's yeah. how
0: Scruples was too, yeah. It was very 70s. This it's must a, have been a 70s happening thing. It was like, a rap session in a box, yes. Everyone <laughs> was rapping with each other oh, back in the 70s. We had the man. ungame, game
1: And I do remember as a child, so I would have been, you know, like seven or eight when we had this game. I remember being seriously stoked. My parents would be like, tonight, we're playing un It's un-game, un-game yeah. guys.
0: It's ungame game wow. guys.
1: That was, I was quite really a hip childhood
0: you had. You were like, it's ungame with the fam. Mom's my BFF. Like so, I like it. Yeah. We're nerds.
1: So I think I think the kids don't really mind the lists and the games and the cards. If there's if there's a game around, if it if, like they they be wary of. Hey, what emoji describes your day best? Like what you're, where are you pulling that from, mom? Because it isn't. It isn't. Yeah, uh it
0: doesn't. It doesn't real real feel real. organic.
1: But if you had cards that said that stuff and they drew one, if you go to the American Girl again, back to the American Girl, if you, <laughs> you are go, spending a
0: lot of time on that website, I loved American Girl. Um, and they should really sponsor our podcast because oh I, god, I mean we should be getting some dough from those people. Them we're like we're, we're talking about them weekly.
1: But if you go to the American Girl Cafe, they have. You know, the American Girl Cafe where they have like a special little high chair for the doll and you have high tea. They, they do have these cards sitting on the table, too. And I actually took pictures when I went with my she was five or six and I took pictures of her at this cafe. And then I took pictures of the cards and the questions that we were answering because I wanted to sort of always remember how how connected we were that day. So I think I think those are great. Maybe not for teenagers. Teenagers are going to be like, oh, why are you making me do this stupid thing?
0: Well, and even, I mean, I have a kid who would sit and talk all day. And I have a kid who, when I'm like, how's your day? He's like, how long do we have to do this for? It just, again, it kind of depends on the kid. I mean, two of my kids would probably play the end game for four hours. But I do have a kid who's like, the talking is very difficult for me. (laughs) And I'm sympathetic because I'm a little bit more like that kid. (laughs) If you really so much with the talking, I guess if we must.
1: Well... Maybe we should take a break. And when we come back, talk about talking to teenagers who really just don't ever want to talk to you about anything, let alone play the on game.
0: Oh, and gosh, can ideas. you imagine? I can imagine teenager, I'm living in. It. Like, yeah, you are. You're like, no, I can imagine. Actually, it's happening right now. <gasps> I can commiserate. Right, let's talk more about it after the break. We'll be back after that. Margaret, exciting news.
1: I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th
0: Margaret, when you've got kids, as just about everybody listening to this right now does, you're
1: probably looking at what they eat and seriously wondering how they could possibly be getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need to grow big and strong.
0: That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin for kids. Haya fills the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need. And yes, Even your picky eaters will approve. I know mine does. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend
1: of 12 organic fruits and vegetables. Then it's supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals to help support our kids' growing brains and bodies.
0: And Haya vitamins are sent straight to your door, which means you set it and forget it and give yourself one less thing to worry about.
1: We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com
0: slash fresh. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H com slash fresh to get your kids the full
1: Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Yes. Was today a good day or a bad day?
2: A fine day.
0: I don't know how to interpret that. It's Fine. If you had to sum your day up with an emoji, what would it be? It would be a
1: happy emoji. Guess today was a good day. I don't know. A good day.
0: So maybe that would be the happy face emoji?
1: Yeah. What emoji best describes the kind of day you had today? I think the laughing so hard that you're crying. It was a good day? It was a laughing day? Yeah. I would be the one with the heart eyes. Why? Because I like how her eyes look. If you could use any emoji to describe your day today, what emoji would you use? The turtle emoji. I didn't know there was a turtle emoji. It's
0: my favorite emoji. Is it just existing? Is it doing something? No, it's just a turtle. Do you like having long conversations with your mom? No, I don't. If you absolutely had to have a long conversation with me, what would you want it to be about?
1: Disney Infinity. Do you like talking about your day with me at night? I think it kind of depends on if my
0: day was good or not. So I should be able to tell without even asking. Yeah. Mm, I probably can. What's your favorite thing to talk to mommy about? School. And what else? Screens. And what else? The sound of music. Do you like talking to your mom? Yes. What do you like to talk to me about?
2: Animals.
0: What kind of animal in particular?
2: Like a cuttlefish,
1: nautilus, sharks, whales. Do cuttlefish have an ink sac?
0: I'd probably say... I think cuttlefish do have an ink sac. Do
1: you want to talk about Zeno's paradox somewhere?
0: What's Zeno's paradox?
1: Remember, it was that thing we were talking about with the donkey that never gets where it's going?
2: Oh, yeah.
0: It's pretty cool. pretty cool. What would happen if a mule was traveling, but it could only travel half the distance each time?
2: It wouldn't get much food and water. Mm. What's a mule?
1: I'm glad we had this talk.
0: Okay, Amy, let's talk about HelloFresh. I'm a fan. We both started HelloFresh because they advertised on the podcast, and now both of us are subscribers. They
1: joined, right. They they sent us a sample box so that we could talk about it, um, you know, honestly, and we both liked it so much, we joined the
0: program. <laughs> I mean, that, what else do you need to know? That's the endorsement right there. It's, here's what I like about it. Bane of my existence is figuring out what's for dinner. Yes. So now I have nights of the week where I don't ask what's for dinner. HelloFresh is what's for dinner. It's decided. What I like about HelloFresh is we just did uh, maple glazed pork chops and the sides were couscous, I think, and green beans. Mm. We tend. I wasn't sure with HelloFresh whether or not you were allowed to choose what you got. And you are, which yes. I like. Yeah. So I tend to choose things like that are like that. It's a protein and a side and a vegetable. Everyone will eat that. It's fine. And do you find even your picky eater, if it's couscous, if it's HelloFresh, they say, yeah, I'll, I'll taste it. That's what They'll I'm taste kind of finding. It. They mm-hmm. will. They'll taste it. And the vegetables are just Pretty recognizable vegetable. Everything about it works for our family.
1: What I like is that the recipe cards, and they have these recipe cards that make it very easy to follow what you need to do. But there's something about those recipe cards that makes my kids want to help and pitch in. They're psyched to participate in cooking, which is a welcome development. So we think you should try HelloFresh and you can get $30 off your first week, which is pretty good. And all you have to do for that is you go to hellofresh.com and you enter the code MOTHER30, like MOTHER30. Guys,
0: it's HelloFresh.com code MOTHER30. I give them my whole and hearty endorsement. Okay, so we're back. Hello.
1: Marie Roker-Jones wrote. I like her name. Yes. She wrote for the Good Men Project, so that's I guess that's good. The Good Men Project has some uh, female contributors, and they had <laughs> a an essay called 10 Ways to Get Your Son to Open Up and Talk to You. So I okay with great eagerness read this, and she started out talking about asking open-ended questions, and this is for older kids too, by the way. This isn't this is for the the sort of more prickly teenager sort of kid. Um, and she she brought this up, and I thought this was a obvious but important point that you have to be ready when they're ready. She said that a uh, a moment of inconvenience beats a memory of regret and this happens to me all the time i'm in the middle of day making dinner i'm looking up something on google maps or whatever and and that's when my teenager one or the other of them will be so mom so mom so mom so you know the nba draft and you know this and they, they want to talk and it's not usually right. about it's not usually about school or if it is about school it's about the a day versus c day like some very arcane scheduling thing or whatever it's not about Personal things, but they pick the strangest moments to suddenly want to just
0: Talk completely,
1: yeah, unburden themselves of the thoughts about the uh, the New York Jets and the the quarterback. And you have to stop what you're doing and and look at them and give them your completely undivided attention because it's. I don't know how they pick a these moments, moment. but there, yeah, but there it is. And you have to catch it when it happens and you just have to be ready to, to stop and,
0: and listen. And then she also I'm says, fine with that to a degree, but I'm always going to push back against the kind of advice that is like, miss this moment and regret it for a lifetime. Like, yes, you should, the, the times your kids are going to be willing to talk to you may not always be convenient and you should try to be open to that, but... Don't let it become a thing of like, you missed a moment to talk to your teenager, so you're a terrible person and you suck as a mom. Like, no. Right. Ne- those two things, no. Right. Fine. Yes. Right. The talking is going to happen at times that it's not just going to be like let's all sit around the table i'm going to get to the bottom of everything that's bothering each one of you in your personal lives and then we will stand up and all go our separate ways and quietly read like of course that's not it that's not going to happen right but the idea that it's it, the ray bradbury story where the sun comes out for 5 minutes every 27 years like it, it's not like that either it's it's somewhere <laughs> in between and you're not going to like you're not always going to be like I will drop everything and be available to you. Well, you know I think the, I think the
1: phone has made this this more complicated. Of course it makes our kids less available to us if we let them have their phones during car rides or whatever. but it right. also, you know that look I, I, I see it on my on my kids' faces that no matter how cool they're trying to be, if they score a basket or block a goal or whatever, they do that furtive look over to the to the stands to see mm-hmm. if you were watching or were you on your phone. And I've certainly been caught on my phone on those times, not always, but not never. And 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 that look on their faces, even if it's not my own kid, that look on their faces is always heartbreaking to me. That's sort of like I totally don't care. I totally don't care if mom was mom watching. Did she see that? Yeah, and, yeah. And I so feel you like- want
0: to try to more times than not be watching, right? <clears throat> but the. Anything that sets up an expectation that you are going to just sit there beaming at your kid 24 hours a day in anticipation of that moment does not fly with me. No, they're not going to buy that. Right. And then then they're just going to be. right. And that's it's it's a creeper move on your part. And it's also just I don't like always putting the expectation on mom that like ah, when that minute when the kid looks up from the basket and you're looking at your phone. Blew it, mom. I don't know. I'm not interested in that. I will say something else about this that I think is really good advice that I've gotten on this subject. Meet your kids where you are. Like, I feel like this is something that eludes a lot of people, and it's actually pretty easy. I remember at some point talking to my nephew on the phone, and he was a kid who just didn't talk a lot. and, And my mom maybe said to me, how did you talk to that kid for 20 minutes on the phone? And I'm like, because I only talked about Tonka the Tonka CD-ROM or whatever video game he was into when he was four years old. I'm like, tell me more. Then what happens after that turn? Then what happens after that turn? Oh, and then what happens when the red truck comes in? And he would talk about that for 45 minutes, but he didn't want to, I would if I said, how was your day? Fine. And he would run off the phone. And I read this and it was actually in a book talking about like kids on the spectrum and the idea that there's an instinct to be like, stop, stop spinning the thing you're spinning, stop rocking the way you're rocking. Come do my thing. And they give this example of, I see you in a park. You're reading um, Catcher in the Rye, and I walk up to you and I slap that hand, that book out of your hands. And I'm like, let's go see a movie. And you're like, wait, what? You've just assaulted me. I don't want this. Like, leave me alone. I'm reading my book and that that is the experience that like kids on the spectrum have like oh, that rocking is not appropriate come and do this game that the rest of this class is doing like that instead if you if I were to sit next to you in the park and you're reading catcher in the rye and I open franny and Zoe and I'm like hey you eventually look over and you're like hey there's someone who shares an interest with me we meet over our co-interest we eventually start a conversation I eventually suggest we go to a movie like I've met you where you are and now I can maybe get you where I want you to be. But that to me is conversations with kids summed up. Like, do I want to have a 40 minute conversation about a chambered nautilus and all of its body parts? Probably not. But that's where my seven year old is right now. And the ability for us to have those conversations, to me, that's what it's all about. That's the building blocks. Whereas if I walk up to him and I'm like, okay who is your most interesting teacher and why he does not care about that. He doesn't want to have a convers- He might have a perfunctory discussion just to get me to stop talking to him, but that's not what he wants to talk about.
1: Yeah. And the, and that doesn't really change when they're older. My, right. um, my uh, freshman in high school really wants to talk about the NBA.
0: Yeah. I and would I'm, just say that's what
1: you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And I'm trying to keep up and I can't really, but I, but I can even get, I can, he doesn't mind if I say, okay, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, Kyrie Irving, he plays for the Celtics. Is that right? And if, I, if, if I'm right, he's happy, but he's he's pleased. He knows he knows a lot more about it than I do. That's okay. As long as I know what questions to ask, he is very happy to opine at length and enlighten me.
0: I think that's right. And, and I think the connection the right is what matters about that. And it's okay to say like, oh, hey, we've talked about what you want to talk about for a long time. Let's talk about what I want to talk about for a while. Like that's also fine. I mean, it may not go that well, but you don't only have to. And we have certain things that we're not allowed to talk about at our dinner table because otherwise it's the only thing we would talk about. So we don't talk about television or movies or the food. Those are the three things we don't talk about at the dinner table.
1: Because otherwise they just wouldn't want to talk
0: about the plots of television shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not allowed to just sit and recite the plot of television shows. And also because you kind of got to learn that like you can't only talk about what you're talking about. It's like a poor social skill. right. like you, you are not to. allowed to just dominate a 45 minute conversation talking about the only thing that only you understand.
1: So Marie Roker Jones talks about the importance of listening in this in this good men project article and she talks about listening with the intent to understand. And I do find myself guilty of this sometimes that I want my kids to see that I'm listening but I'm showing more that I'm listening more than I'm listening. Like listening isn't isn't waiting for them to give you an opening so you can tell your funny story or interject your anecdote about when you were in ninth grade
0: no. it's, P.S. dear humanity this is a lesson for all of you right 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 all That's of us how all the time. most people all the time act They're, right it's like two radios you're like okay i can't wait for you to stop talking so i can say my thing now right your turn my turn and and she talked about listening with the
1: intent to understand and i thought that was that was right, because when my son gets going about the NBA, yeah, sometimes I'm like, wah wah, 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 but I'm showing him that I'm listening. Oh, isn't that interesting? But I'm not really, really trying to understand what he's telling me, and uh, he doesn't seem to care, but one of my other kids totally, totally calls me on it.
0: Well, pro tip, it also makes the experience more enjoyable. Like when my kid gets into bed and is like, okay, wouldn't it be cool? And if you just dive into the conversation, my... Second grader and I had a long conversation. Wouldn't it be cool if an owl had a goat head and human hands? And I'm like, wow, let's think this one through. That would be pretty wacky, wouldn't it? Like a a goat head, how would it even hold that head up while it's flying? How is it
1: even still called an owl?
0: Dive into the convo and just (laughs) see where it takes you. Like It's actually more fun to listen. And then I think it is completely reasonable after 10 minutes to say, you know what? I am full up on chambered novelists now. I don't think I could talk about them for one more minute. I think I've said and learned all I can for today about the chambered novelists. And you don't that- have to sit there and adoringly stare at a kid for forty five minutes who's describing the NBA to you. That is not reasonable, well, or helpful or useful, right? Is it useful? It's useful for their self-confidence, I guess. But come on, we don't live in a world where anyone is allowed to talk to someone else about something they're not interested in for 45 minutes. There's no reason to engage in that exercise. If you're having a great, if you're snuggled up on the couch and your 16-year-old plops down next to you and wants to talk, great. And I'm not going to end that prematurely. Yeah, I wouldn't. You don't have to end it. But But it is completely reasonable to say to a kid of any age, like, "Okay, I am maxed out now. Great. (laughs) That was a lot to learn about the NBA. (laughs) (sighs) Now, what else is the expectation that you're going to stare adorably, you know, adoringly at a child for 45 minutes as they explain something you don't care about at all? No, I have a I have a. Pro
1: tip for older kids that's been working for me recently, and maybe it's sort of specific for city dwellers, but it doesn't have to be walking places.
0: Don't Mm. don't,
1: well, that driving is the same. Don't drive. Don't well, yeah. For us, okay, so it's like don't don't taxi, don't bus, walk. Um, I was with my oldest. Oh, we were probably, you know, like a mile and a half from from our apartment, but it was a nice afternoon, and we were able to walk through Central Park, and I said, let's just walk. It's only going to take us five or ten more minutes if we walk than if we try to f- find the bus, And and so we did, and so we talked the whole way, and you can't look at your phone while you're walking, or you could, but you'll, you know, <laughs> you'll trip over something, and it was it was great. And I thought, Oh, this is this is captive attention. And this is useful. And I'm going to
0: suggest we walk more places. Because yeah, I mean, for us, the car is that way. Still, I mean, that's when all of our chatting happens, you get in the car, we don't have a TV screen in the car, which helps a lot. And we get in the car, and it's time to talk. They're talking to each other. They're talking to me. We talk in the car. It's it's really good. And when we get Sometimes when we get in
1: the car and our and our two sons, we don't drive as much, obviously. But if we do, it's we're pretty much not getting in our car unless we're driving half an hour or more. Right, um, we're leaving the city, and uh, we'll sort of, you know, we'll tell our kids, okay, put the phones away. But we don't need to fill, you know, every second with looking at the phone. Let's just let's just hang out for a while, and then eventually, uh, <laughs> eventually, the uh, the news because on the on the radio, and they they disappear into their phones. But yeah, it is it is a good opportunity and it's that um non eye contact thing which i guess is why walkings
0: good if, if i walking's good cooking's a great time because you're doing something else but you're able to talk non eye contact time is a great time to talk in general
1: uh and and if you but if you le- try to lean into it too much you know that then, then yeah they read into it and they're not interested
0: I have- yeah it's like you said it one time. And it was so funny that you'd like studied up on NBA tips because and you were like, I haven't had this feeling since I was trying to get boys to like me in the seventh grade. Yes, you're trying to get them to like you and just as it was in the seventh grade, follow the metaphor through the needier you are, the more repulsive you are like, Play
1: a little hard to get, mom. But you know, you need to have like it did. It did work when I said, "Well, I don't know, James Harden. I mean, he's, his his three pointers are still strong, right? Once in oh, a while, I'll God, throw something that's like hilarious. that out, and they they are so into it. And if you, yeah, you have to be kind of subtle, uh, but but uh, they. They're a little surprised, but also, yes, it is the most important thing in the world. So they're not that surprised that you would know all about it. But then, right. of course, then I run out of material and I got to go back and, and look. Look at your
0: app again. You're, My, like, you're so funny. You're a seventh grader on a date. You're like, yes. you, uh, excuse me, I just have to go to the bathroom. And then you come back out and you're like, um, yeah. So like I was saying about James Harden, um, I think his stats for last year are really interesting compared to his stats from this year. And, and then it's, you're like, back to the bathroom.
1: And it is currency. I mean, it is what they talk to each other about. I drive. I drive groups of high school boys around sometimes, and yeah, they're in the backseat talking about the NBA. They're not. They're not. Oh, this is interesting, right? They're getting in the back seat. They're not saying. So, how was your day? So, how did you feel about that game? Were you really disappointed when you didn't make that shot? And you know, they, they, they talk about. Men of all ages, and I guess women, too. We, I don't know what we talk about. We talk about, if we're in sports, though, we talk about the That's the thing. But don't you find
0: that with your daughter? Like, my daughter comes home and she's like, well, this one told this one that her hair looked horrible. And then she went to the teacher. My daughter tells me every single thing that happens all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And so... She doesn't really. I'm not looking at a lot of conversation starters for her. For I'm trying now. to find some conversation enders. For now, I mean, I'm when yeah. I'm. they. She's fine. That
1: comes down. My my uh, friend Maddie Corman is a really, really great actress and writer. Oh, I went to college with her. You know Maddie? She was in my college class. She wrote and directed a short film called "How Was Your Day," and I'm going to put it up on the on the show page a link to it because it's so it will it like get ready get ready for the ugly cry but it's it's just a it's a it's just a mom and a daughter and the and the daughter coming home from school and the mom asking how was your day like over and over again different days through history mm-hmm. and and it it just shows how like connection is sometimes possible but there's there's missed opportunities and a dozen ways and 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 it's not always the kid rejecting you sometimes there's one, there's one point where the kid comes in and starts to try to to talk about something and the mom is distracted and it's just real it's not saying it's not saying like what you were saying before like every missed opportunity you'll never get back. It's not it's not overly dramatic with its message, but it's just incredibly realistic like yes, this this is what it's this is what it's like. You and your teenager don't get each other and you're just always missing each other and then once in a while you connect and you got to just, you know, soften into that moment. But sitting down with a there's a moment in the short film where she has like two cups of hot cocoa sort of ready to go. So when the kid walks in, she can say so. How is your day? And just like come sit with me. And the kid just you know walks right through the kitchen without looking up from her phone. And the you know the mom sort of crumbles. And uh, yeah, you can't you can't um, just like just like saying hey, what emoji best describes your what you had for lunch today? You also no. can't be there with the two mugs of steaming cocoa. It just doesn't really.
0: <laughs> but I think the like takeaway it. of that is something that I'm thinking about for the first time, which is good. Which is that you recognize that those real connections don't happen every day. And so you try as much as you can to create those connection opportunities as often as possible, because the they're only going to really take every once in a while. And that's how life really is. And that's fine. And that The weird cold morning after four hot days where the heat happens to be off, so my seven-year-old happens to want to get in bed with me. Just really enjoy that 20-minute conversation about mollusks like, and just dive in and be there for it and have fun because it was a weird set of circumstances that brought that conversation together. They happen randomly more often than they happen with you setting up Coco and being like, how was your day? I've memorized some NBA statistics. Let's do this thing, (laughs) you know? Like, this isn't something that we have a ton of control over. It's something that we kind of have to open ourselves up to and then create as much opportunity as possible. Like, finding walks, maybe not always having the screen on in the car, maybe uh, not always having the the TV on in the house so that there's more opportunity to, like, Oh, I guess I'll wander in and talk to you while you're cooking dinner. Like, try to create the environment that a fertile environment for talking to your kids, and realize that for every 400 seeds you throw out into that fertile environment, only four or five are going to grow. Yeah, and that's I and think, that's okay. <laughs> and you're, I think that's an and interesting you're doing pretty well. Yeah, and that and that you know our grandparents didn't worry about this. They didn't think about it ever. My grandparents never did. But they also, you know, they maybe didn't have as great and close and warm a relationship with their... I mean, my dad says that all the time. Like, he talked to his grandfather like three times in his life. Mm-hmm. And he's so close to his grandkids. You know, he knows everything about their life. And he, you know, the the ones who were in college, he FaceTimes with them once a week. And he's like, it's a great joy to have that relationship. But everybody, sur- He survived without having that relationship with his grandparent. And so evolve, but don't suddenly put the responsibility on yourself that like, I mean, in some ways, I'm super impressed that you still don't know what happened with the kid and the friend. Like, yeah. It's kind of great that you're like, all right, well, he's working through something. He knows I'm here if he needs it, but you're not like chase. I think it would be hard for me to fight the instinct to be like, knock, 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 knock. But wait, what happened? You have to tell me I got to get to the bottom. Like, I'm kind of impressed that you're able to be like, yeah, I still don't know exactly what went on there. Yeah, it's it. No, it's hard, and
1: believe me, I'm I'm and it's I'm refraining from knocking right. on the knock, door and knock, bringing knock, it up. Knocking. But guess what? He had a great night last night, and we were talking about Zeno's paradox, and there is no. Uh, <laughs> it's not like this is, like I said, that could be so. Last week's problem, who who knows. There's a parenting coach named Julie Romanowski and she she talks about these moments that you don't you have to be careful not to be the problem solver because mm-hmm. she says that that kids can perceive problem solving suggestions that are meant well as judgmental and for sure I think this kid too did too because I was sort of like what do you mean what happened because this was this was the best buddy and and I think that there was some I think my kid perceived judgment in my reaction, and then was therefore like, like, "You don't even know." And, and no, I'd I love to know. Well, I'm you, I'm never going to tell you because I think my child thought that I was somehow disappointed that this there right. that there was some, and, and I, I mean, it's only about my kid, right? But I just I could just tell, like, okay, now is the time to back away quickly and and not and not bring it up again, and then just watch, right? You you then then you then you have family dinner and you make sure your kid's in a good mood
0: most of the time. Yeah. And I think that there's become a shift that like you talked about that in the mean girls interview um, with Katie, where she said she asked kids like, well, what would you do if there was a problem? And that the girls kept saying, well, my mom says, my mom says that I should, my mom says, she said, okay, that's great that your moms are also smart, but what do you think you should do? Like you, you, let them have some problem solving on their own. I mean, it is a spectrum. My my mom did not, I, I did not come home every day and say, here's the every detail of what's going on. And especially as I got older, I had a couple of problems that I was like, my mom would never understand this. And I didn't share them with her. But I always kind of had the perspective of like, if this gets too dicey, if I actually get in over my head, I'm going to take it to my mom. Because I just had that feeling. But she didn't know the minutia of every single issue and thing i dealt with and it, that's developmentally
1: appropriate right if yeah. you're going to be a grown up you have to start to have more of your life that's more closely held and and your parents aren't solving everything for you and so they're they're doing what they're
0: supposed to be doing yeah it's it's, it's yeah, is, kudos to you for not getting to the bottom of that i got to remember that one because i do think that's a thing now of like well the moms will work it out between the Between them, and then they'll get to the kids and be like, oh, guys, we worked it out. It's not really a problem. Like, you cannot do that. You can't, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like we had some good takeaways today. This is a pretty good takeaway. Yeah, so take lots of walks, drive lots of places, and uh (laughs) be into the conversations. Get... Find them where they are. Right. And get into those conversations and
1: really be into them. Like as you said, really, really choose to actually listen instead of pretend to seem interested.
0: It's just, and it's also more fun if you're like, oh, when will this kid stop talking about mollusks? It's actually more fun to just be like, wait, I actually learned like seventeen new things about mollusks this morning. I did not know that's how I was going to start my Tuesday, but there it is. And then you share it with the rest of us. Yeah. See, look at now, you guys all know that cuttlefish do not have an ink sac. <laughs> It pays dividends, people. I'm going to try that tonight at the dinner table. So you guys, did you know? Wouldn't chambered noises look cooler if they had thicker tentacles? That's what I would, that's, put that on your conversation starter card for tonight. Owl, goat head, human hands. Go. Come on, guys. Let's discuss. <laughs> Round table it for me. That's actually going to work. I am going to try that one. I am yeah, gonna- come on. That's a pretty good one. Who doesn't want to talk about that? It's amazing. <laughs> you'll be at dinner for seven hours. It's, you'll never stop thinking about it. Oh, all right, guys, that's getting your kids to talk to you. I feel like we've said it all. But before
1: we go, we do have some news, which is we are doing another live show. Another live show. Our first live show was a rip roaring success. Yes. And this is going to be even more exciting if that's possible. We're going to be doing our show Thursday, April 19th in Scranton, PA, which uh, three major
0: interstates go through Scranton. So it's Get yes, uh, it's, yeah, it's accessible to anywhere. You can get there by airplane. You can get there by train. I don't know. I was trying to quote a song. I kind of got lost there. Anyway, get to Scranton. On There's, the it's going to
1: be a super fun mom's night out. And it's a night to remember Lindsay Doherty, who was a friend of our show and a mom of three young children. And she died last year. And so this is going to be a night to remember her and to raise money for the St. Joseph's Center baby and children's pantry in Scranton, which collects diapers, food, clothes, anything moms and young children might need and just makes it available to anyone who needs it. So it's a great cause and
0: we're going to help them raise some money. Guys, what else do you need? You're coming to this show. So, so yeah,
1: if you want to get information on the show and how to get tickets, just go to whatfreshhellpodcast.com and click the live shows tab at the top of the page.
0: And also, while we're on the subject, we'd like to do a live show in your town. Sure would. PTA fundraiser, Mom's Night Out, so much fun. If you'd like to bring us to your town, reach out to us at info at whatfreshhealthpodcast.com for all that information. If you go to our website, you can
1: also find links to the articles we discussed today,
0: which will be whatfreshhealthpodcast.com.
1: And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hellcast, and on Twitter
0: at WFH podcast. Guys, Amy said it all. That's it, that's it. Check it all out and we will see you guys next week.
2: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence